everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what makes them excited and sometimes we talk about unexplainable supernatural occurrences. If you're into this episode and want more, please go to our Patreon page and become an initiate. In this episode, I talk to friend, paranormal TV star and hero Bill Murphy and his friend John. John lives in a house with a ghost. The ghost is his roommate and his friend. The ghost lives with him and he loves the ghost. They love each other. The ghost's name is Wright with a W. Wright communicates with his human roommates in many ways, with strange sounds, sensations, and even touches them. But that's not all. The most extreme communication from Wright is also the most extreme and compelling evidence I've ever seen documented of proof of communication with the dead. And that is what we talk about in this episode. The spirit or ghost that calls himself right with a W communicates by writing words in what looks like smoke or mist. The words can only be seen when developed on the film of a camera, specifically a Polaroid camera. I will leave a photo in the show notes. This is the wildest thing I have ever seen. It took John quite a while to figure out how to communicate with Wright, but once he did, there are several thousand photos of questions answered and in what seriously looks like smoke letters. Like, like imagine a mini skywriting plane flying around a room writing stuff in the air. Sometimes he writes in Latin. This is really the most compelling case I have ever heard of. We also discuss near-death experiences, astral travel, and traumatic brain injuries. Please welcome to your head and heart, Bill, John, and Wright, the Polaroid Ghost. Two, one. <laughs> Just kidding. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for coming to the podcast today. Hi. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. Pleasure, Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. Will you, uh, Bill, introduce yourself? Oh, um, well, um, you just said my name. Um, so Bill Murphy <laughs> is who I am. Um, I'm probably well known for uh, a, a number of different television broadcast where I've been a TV host, uh, but I've been a paranormal researcher for much, much, much longer than that. Uh, all of the shows that I've done and all of the story producing I've done have all been paranormal in, in nature. Every and single one? Every single one. Wow. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Congratulations. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there any you wouldn't or you would... uh you could list for the um, listeners, <laughs> if you will. Well, if I don't name John's, he's probably gonna give me the the uh, the hairy eyeball. Okay. Um, okay. But but the uh, the Ghostwriter case is really enduring, uh, and there's another one called uh, Nightcrawler, um, which is he's it's a cryptid, and they're very odd looking, and there's multiple videos of them, and so yeah. it's just like a head with. Um, like it looks like two legs coming out where the where our neck would be, and they, they seem to wander around uh, Fresno. Oh and God! When people capture them on video, they're always heading north to this wooded area, and that's where we track them down. But do you do you believe these types of creatures to be like interdimensional or ancient Earth dwellers or aliens? What what's your What's your vibe on that? I, I think um, your your second suggestion is probably the most accurate because when we started tracking them down with thermal cameras because it was at nighttime, 
um, they they were fairly fast. They walked kind of slow, but they were yeah. able to, to move fairly fast and they stayed in the tree line. And we were able to track them to a small lake where the tracks went into the lake. So it's almost like they're amphibious. So I would think they'd be indigenous to Earth and maybe more prevalent in Fresno, since that's where a number of the videos have come out. How, how close... How close is Fresno to Mount Shasta? Is it not close at all? Well, I think it's fairly close. I'd have to look at a map to be sure because I've been, I've been to so many places. Um, geography for me kind of gets scrambled. Oh, I know what you mean. And would you like to introduce yourself, please, to us? My name is John Huckert. I'm not really known for anything. I'm an independent guerrilla filmmaker. Cool. I've made a lot of films that no one's heard of. Uh, I've done a bunch of Roger Corman films that some people have heard of. Cool. Uh, and I happen to live in the Ghost Rider house that I think some, some people have heard about that. And, um, and, uh, Bill approached us many years ago and, uh, like, we don't usually do very many shows, but Bill became a friend and I trusted him. So I've done shows with Bill pretty much exclusively, actually, I think. Right, Bill? Wow. I can't think of, I haven't yeah. done a show without you in a very, very long time. That's so sweet. So, well, he's, he, he's very transparent, very honest, and, uh, and he's not out to get anything. Like so many shows, like, when we would first agree to it, we would, we would only do a show if they agreed to bring something to helping us find out about what's going on in our house. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, because the whole key is to get to the root of what's happening. Right. Um, and when a show just wants to come in and exploit it, we, we don't let them do that. So uh, Bill cool. always seemed very genuine about helping us figure out what's going on. And that's been, and we've become really close friends since That's then. cool. Bill's in my, my, um, my time as friends with Bill has also been filled with trust and, uh, yeah. only good intentions from my experience. Right. Um, so, well, thank you for introducing yourselves. I guess, uh, this is a different setup than usual for our podcast. I'm excited to see how this works out. Um, we've never had two humans. <laughs> Generally only been one and usually, uh, usually I, uh, talk to them about, um, why they're our heroes and then they tell us <laughs> if they agree or not. Um, but in this case, I think it would be prudent and essential for you guys to just tell us the story. Um, I think we need to just start with the story. Uh, I, I think that's the best place to start. Uh, please. Bill, you want to start? <laughs> Gladly. Well, um, first off, uh, um, thank you for the confirmation that we are indeed human. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I actually want to dive into that statement a little bit. Like, okay. what is human? Um, because we perceive human to be this dense physical matter when in fact there's multiple forms that humans take. So it's 
you're familiar with astral travel and that's something you don't have to be asleep for. You can do astral travel while you're, while you're wide awake. And that's a less, a less dense physical form and allows you to go places and experience things that those that maybe are not practiced uh, are able to, uh, they wouldn't be able to see these things. And do you practice astral projection? Oh, absolutely. Can you explain uh, the process or any anything you'd like to share about astral projection with uh, people that may not know much about it? Because uh, um, I will say, sorry, I have been hearing a lot of negativity toward, like I've been seeing headlines of things saying, the negative side of astral projection, the dark side of astral projection. I would like you, Bill, to set the record straight. Why do we need astral projection? Why do we enjoy it? And what can we gain from it? And how do you do it? Well, to your first statement, there is a negative side to it. And, but, but it, it's, it's associated with your dense physical body and it's associated with ego. So if a person is selfish and has ill intentions, then their astral self will reflect that. And, uh, if a person has good intentions, then their astral self will have better experiences. Uh, they will become less dense and the less dense you become, the more materials that you can pass through. You can pass through anything and you're also able to take flight if you wish. Um, leave, leave the solar system, leave the Milky Way galaxy, uh, explore the outer bands of our universe, which, uh, it, that, that's a difficult concept when you think the universe actually has boundaries to it, but it apparently does. It, it can be, it can be measured because it's still expanding. And so you can measure the background radiation. So it is growing. So I'm always wondering what's on the outside of the universe. So, um, it, uh, it, you know, th those negative aspects of, of astral travel, um, it, it's something that people have to understand and accept and live your life the best way you can through, through honesty, uh, uh, aligning yourself with others, cutting ties with those that are negative or pulling you in uh, the wrong directions that are not healthy. Um, all this is moving a bit away from the topic of this, this broadcast right now, which is, uh, the, the ghostwriter case. But since you are asking about travel, uh, you know, I, I shared that with you. A simple exercise somebody can do is, uh, sit in your comfort zone. It, it may just be your quiet spot in, in, um, your little sacred space in your room and, um, imagine yourself getting up and walking through the door and leaving the building and even leaving, uh, and going to another location. I, I tried this the other day because there's a, there's a CVS that's open 24 hours across the street from me and I, I was having a, a, a very vivid astral experience and I wanted to see if I could accomplish this. And when I went into the CVS, the cashier, uh, at the desk, she, her, her, the direction of her eyes 
looked in the direction where I was perceiving because I, I don't have eyes in the astral plane, but I can view. And she looked at me with surprise. Um, I don't want to say terror, but it looked like she saw something that she didn't want to see. Maybe she thought she saw um, a, a wispy ghost for a moment. Um, and then I, I zoomed back home and and there i was here so it, it was it was a successful but brief astral venture that i did while awake and it can appear similar to lucid dreaming but it's not lucid dreaming lucid dreaming you can also go astral um but that's that's a whole other larger topic yeah cool well thanks for sharing that um have uh you not to bring it farther away again but have you fellows been having extraordinarily vivid dreams lately? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did because I, I, I practice it every single week, multiple times. And the, um, my goal is always to create my own environment. Um, because, you know, once you realize that you are in a dream, it, it becomes a, a construct and you can build it any way you want. So this was almost a hybrid location because I wanted to leave, I wanted to leave earth again, but in order to leave earth, I was, I was in this underground bunker that didn't appear to be of my own creation, but I was able to come weightless and I was able to, to fly very quickly, but I had to go down these hallways and it was filled with people. And I zipped down these hallways. I went up staircases and I was finally exit, able to exit the building. And once I hit tree, uh, treetop, uh, treetop level, then I know that I, I do have complete control and then I can manipulate anything, change my own physical form. I can become, uh, um, uh, fire. I, I can become a form of, of, of a gaseous, gaseous substance. Uh, I can become sparkly if I choose to. Uh, I can become not visible. I can just become a series of streaks and, and move faster than the speed of light. In other words, instantaneously go from point A to point B. The reoccurring portion that I believe is what you asked about is that, uh, in a far, far point of the universe as we understand the universe to be, um, there's this silver sphere, and when I first notice it, it's like a, a, a bright point of light. It looks like a tiny, tiny drop of mercury. But I move so fast, um, I, I approach it, and it's the largest object in the entire universe. And it, it looks like liquid mercury, and I've been tempted to plow right into it, but I'm a bit fearful. I don't know if it represents mortality or if it contains uh, information of past, present, and future, because it uh, does appear to have information of everything. Everything is cool. contained in, in this sphere, but I haven't had the put up the nerve to enter it yet. Wow, that's so cool! I've not heard that um, of this object or place before. That's really, really cool. Awesome. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, but do you, um, uh, and that's typical for your dreaming. 
it, it's a it's a reoccurring experience because I am manifesting it. I, I I want to go to this place, even though I always stop short of of entering it. Uh, it it doesn't appear to be solid. I, I don't know what the consistency of it. Actually I I, is. I understand what you mean by mercury. I I think I have a I have an understanding. Uh, Con- intellectually, I can't understand emotionally, but intellectually, I think I know what you're talking about. That's really cool. Um, and it doesn't sound, um, that far out to me. It sounds, I understand what you're saying. That's really neat. I want you to interact with it, uh, when you feel safe. Hey, Bill, what would happen if you did enter it? Well, the, the two scenarios that I mentioned, one is, um, I, I, I don't know if I go in, if I enter it, if I'm entering a realm that I will be so blissful that I will never leave or never be allowed to leave. I may completely lose my physical self altogether and not able to, to transport back to earth as this dense physical matter that we're we're all viewing uh, through the camera right now. What, what do you... Be- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Period. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. Um, my sister's texting about corn dogs for the kids. Oh. We just <laughs> bought two packs of corn dogs. What? Yeah, we just ordered two packs from Amazon. No way. Way. Uh, I really apologize. It's a breaking news. Um, what do you, what do you feel, uh, if you feel that perhaps you, if you enter, um, the sphere that you will not come back for all these reasons, um, is that what you perceive death to be? Or do you think, what do you think happens after we leave our body? Well, if you feel comfortable saying, I know that's personal. <laughs> well, the, the, the definition of, uh, of death is actually in the midst of being redefined right now. Oh, uh, cool. No way. Way. Cool. Tell me everything about that, please. I am very interested in hearing what you are about to say. And it, and it depends on the environment. Um, okay. So, uh, an EMT, when they encounter someone, they check for a pulse and they check for a heartbeat. If there's neither one of those, they call the time of death is when they detect it. Have you had an NDE? Yes. Oh, sorry. Am I not supposed to ask that? Well, it was a little worse than that. Okay. Um, okay. I'm sorry. Please continue. Yeah. Um it, it, it involved a resuscitation. So it was, it was really traumatic and it took years to, to recover from it. Um, I, I, I believe an addict really have re- recovered from it. Um, I didn't have the typical experience though. I didn't, there was no light or anything. There's no tunnel. Was it, it was, a negative experience? It was nothingness, complete nothingness mm-hmm. in, until, until, uh, uh, I was awoken, um, nine days later 
Oh my goodness. In a, in a stroke ward. And, um, and I was hooked up to a, a lot of machinery, you know, a, a lot of, uh, you know, to sustain my physical body to see if I would actually recover or awaken or whatever would happen. Um, ironically, um, they, they didn't have the side rails pulled up on the side of my hospital bed. So when I, my eyes opened slightly and I looked around and I could hear people moaning, moaning rather. And I looked and it was mainly like geriatrics. It was, you know, elderly folks. And I, I was wondering how I got there because it was a gap in time. And I tried to move my body and I felt right out of the hospital bed on the floor, pulling down, uh, all the gear that I was connected to, um, the IV poles, um, breathing apparatus, it all just came crashing down. And then they came and they, um, resituated me. Um, but then it, it, it took about, uh, about seven years of recovery after that. Wow. The only upside to it, it, yeah. it prepared me for what happened with uh, with my own wife. Yeah, um, so many years of your life have been, both of you spent learning uh, this very extreme thing. I'm so sorry, but I'm so happy for you um, that you're better. And uh, it seems like she's doing much better as well. Um, you know, I guess it depends on point of view. It, okay. um, when things happen that you may or may not have control over, then, uh, it, you know, in my case, I didn't want to, to define who I was, but yeah. I, I gained real deep insight. Um, and then, um, as memories started to come back, I, I was beginning to doubt some of these memories. Uh, I didn't know if it was how I was, uh, if my memory was somehow being affected because of, of, of gaps. And so there I was filling the gaps. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was, um, projected through the windshield of the car that I was in that, that, uh, was in a high speed crash. Oh and, my goodness. But when I would look at photos of, of the car, I could see my impact and I see that I busted open the, the windshield with my head. So I don't think I actually exited the car, but, but in my memory, when I looked back, I saw my injured self in the car. Uh, and I was, I was, you know, I don't know how to measure it at this point in time, but maybe 15 feet in front of it. And I saw myself and I saw the unconscious driver and the telephone poles were knocked down. Power lines were down. Street lights were out. It, it, um, even my brother's alarm clock failed to go off because he had to plug into the wall and power was turned off to the entire neighborhood, but he didn't know that it was me. How old were you? I was 18 when this happened. <gasps> Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part I, I, I wish wouldn't have happened because at 18, uh, you know, the frontal lobe, um, decision making and emotion is not really fully developed. So I, I believe I, uh, it took me longer to, to perhaps, um, make proper decisions. Um, 
Well, I hate to break it to you, but I didn't make any smart decisions till I was 30. So you're, you're way off, you know, it, 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 you know, I don't feel, please. It makes me feel horrible to think that you might feel bad about any decisions you've ever made. It's all, it's all to learn. It's all to expand, help each other grow and, uh, Bonnie, you look together. like you're like 22. How are you? <laughs> how are you? How are you uh, 30. <laughs> I'm. I'm super. Uh, I don't know. Thanks for saying that. Uh, maybe it's. Maybe it's good genes. <laughs> maybe yeah. Or you're per, per, you're just being nice in your mind. No, I'm not. I, I thought you were like. <laughs> You know, I don't know. It's uh, what's after or before a millennial? Somewhere in there. I'm. I mean, I think millennials. I, I just. I think that includes people born in the eighties. I think uh, it does. Uh, yeah, well, which I thought is it was weird. people born after two thousand or something. I yeah. know it's I weird. Don't know. Those it's are different. those are like it's different. But thank you, I appreciate that. That's You're very welcome. kind. Well, I'm not. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think. Um, uh, Everyone has experiences and, um, you know, uh, and I don't want you to feel bad about yours or, or think that your mind would have grown in any other way, um, had any other different thing happen. That's just not, that's not what happened on this timeline. And this is the timeline you're on. So please be happy. Actually, this is the first time I've shared this publicly. Oh. So, so, um, well, thank you, know, you I for sharing. I, I haven't gone into details of this because, um, especially with the shows that I have uh, been associated with, yeah, I, I don't want people yeah. to think that this is fabrication on my part because of you know, um, uh, TBI, traumatic brain injury. So oh. uh, I don't want I don't want to that to be mistaken. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's research that indicates. Almost the opposite can happen. And this, this is, uh, when they are rehabilitating war veterans that have BTI. And they find that when they start to form a new synaptic connections, so they can regain motor and sensory control, uh, that they form an abundance of new synapses exceeding what originally is there. So I, I like to believe that maybe that was the end result as long as it took. Yeah. I like to believe that too. I, I like to believe that too. I I think our whole life, our whole time being a body, this time that we do this um, is all an experience. And, and for me personally, I had, I got in a car accident, very different situation and had a concussion and uh, being still for, uh, six months just because I couldn't move my head because it, you know, it feels like your brain's hitting your head when you, you know, uh, I feel like it allowed me to, uh, that's when I found spirituality, not in the sense of like angels and stuff like that, but it made me start to really consider things and see things in different, um, ways and be more, come more sensitive and, and become psychic to be honest. And, uh, and lots of other things that were not possible before because I was, I hadn't been confronted with my body before I had that injury. Um, and I don't know if that sounds 
stupid tea, but I wanted no. to share uh, that. <laughs> there, there, there's nothing you said that sounds stupid, Bonnie. You're obviously very bright. Um, uh, there's a bit of irony that you shared uh, some time ago with me. Um, Death Valley Girls is is a name based on a location, Death Valley. Um, and you said, you said, gee, you know, people can misconstrue this because they think death, it's like a fixation on death. In my case, I do have a bit of a fixation on, on death because of, uh, as I mentioned before, the definition of, of death is. Oh, yeah, different. it's changing. Do yeah. tell. Oh, Do oh, tell, yeah. please. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I got sorry. No, I, I, I love your story and I appreciate you sharing. And also, if you do choose, uh, to not want that to be shared, um, that's a choice too. We can edit it out. Anything to make you feel comfortable. Um, oh, no, no, no. No, it, it, um, that, that doesn't affect me, uh, personally in any way. It, it's just the way the medical profession is moving. The, um, you know, the, the, uh, lack of a pulse, lack of detecting any sort of breathing, um, is being replaced when a patient is moved into a clinical environment. Say they haven't died okay. in the field and they're in a clinical environment. Um, they, their heart can stop. Uh, their breathing can be stopped, but they, they will attach, uh, electroencephalograms and they'll still see brain activity. Um, and apparently, and, and this is kind of like a, um, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I can't relate to it, um, uh, exactly, but, uh, they're saying studies show that a person who has died in the pre-traditional sense, no heartbeat, no breathing, but the brain is still firing neurons, that they are aware that they are dead, that they, they know that they've died and that time is fairly brief. It's only a, it's only a few minutes. Oh, and wow. Then, yeah. God. That's... And, and if they can revive them, if they can reestablish a heartbeat, so they're, they're not depending on life support systems. Um, uh, you know, in many cases they can recite what was happening and what was even said around so then them. technically you're no longer dead. If your heart stops and you're, you stop breathing. And if, if the patient is in a clinical environment, in a hospital environment, because even though there are extremely portable EEGs, the portable EEGs uh, have a limited number of electrodes. And so you can't detect all areas of the brain that would show activity. So you may show flatlining in some regions and minor activity in other regions, uh, which you most want to detect is is the person able to perceive anything about their surroundings? They may not be able to, to, to move at all and react at all, but can they hear? Can they possibly see? Uh, wow. are they trying to move? Um, and, but usually they, I, I, I would imagine they would, they would accept this because they'd be, I mean, I, I wouldn't know. But perhaps there'd be no physical pain at that point. But I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just curious how it affects the NDE community, um, if at all. You know, <laughs> if they're, if technically 
Well, I guess it still is a near-death experience, no matter how you want to mash it up. Um, but I, I'm getting a strong, like, can I, I, I'm curious, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, uh, about your house, um, and such, because I'm feeling, uh, like I really want to know. Me, um, John, John's house. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious, I, just due to, um, an ex- overwhelming amount of sensitivity I've been experiencing to different vibrations of things. I'm just really curious. Um, cause I have not, I- I'd like to hear your story. I'd like you to tell our listening audience, uh, your story. Um, but, and, and then I'd like to ask some questions cause I haven't been in a location um, with that type of feeling in quite some time. So I'd just like to hear it explained with words by a, a human type entity. Is that okay? Human yeah, type that's, entity. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Human type entity. I think I'm a human type entity. <laughs> Let's just call ourselves human type entities. All right. I, that, for I now. Love that. Yeah, that works for me. Okay. Um, I just, I live in a house that, um, uh, let's see. I don't even know where to begin. Um, That's fair. People before I even like the house is owned by John Makowski. And before I even knew him, he would have people over and they would sense things going on in this house. Um, anyway, through the years, things happened at one point. Uh, I started, well, I sense things the very first time I came here, eventually I ended up living here. And uh, one night in March of 1992, or actually one day, I guess, uh, I was really sensing something strong. And I thought, you know, I'm going to, I had a Polaroid camera my dad had gifted me for Christmas back east. I'm from Washington, D.C. Cool. And uh, <laughs> they were still filming the camera. I'd only taken a couple of shots from it. So I thought, you know what? The, the bathroom door opened by itself. And, um, so I grabbed the camera and I took a picture and then, um, there was nothing on it. And, uh, I felt, okay, well, I didn't really expect anything. Uh, I went back and I closed the bathroom door and, uh, and I thought maybe it had been open the whole time. I don't know. It just, it seemed like I saw it open. So I, I closed it. I went back, I was sitting in the, it's a very small house. It's like a cabin in the woods. And the main living room, dining room, kitchen is all one giant room. And I was working on a, a project, uh, a writing project in the, at the dining room table. And all of a sudden the bathroom door opened again. And I like, I, it like scrapes across the floor and hits the floor. It's not like it's a regular door. It's a cabin and the, the door was made from a series of boards that were kind of nailed together. It's not like a regular door. And when I saw it, uh, like I heard it and I looked up and saw it and as it opened, I thought, okay, that's like an acknowledgement. So I grabbed the camera and I got up and I was actually shaking because I thought, oh my God, it's, I saw it this time. And I was so nervous, I snapped a picture of the television set, like at the looking down at it, like my, I got trigger happy, I guess, and I just accidentally snapped a shot, and there was a, it was a top of a television set, 
And then I said, okay, this is ridiculous. Just calm down. I lift up the camera uh, from the living room and I took a picture of the, uh, the bathroom door. And then that's the first image we got. And it was a ghosty ghost. It was like a ghost with a, eyes and a screaming mouth and, and uh, you know, cloudy figure and everything. And at first, when I first glanced at it, it was scary because you're watching it and it's coming out like as it's developing, you see this. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, it was. And then as it fully uh, developed, I thought, okay, this is really stupid looking. Someone's pranking me because it was too much of a scary looking ghost. It was too perfectly scary that I didn't think it was real. So, oh, there it is right there. Bill has it up there. Um, And then... uh, (laughs) So I, I took another picture and, uh, and then I think, I think I can't remember. I think I took three pictures or four pictures and each time something different was on them. So when Mikowski got home, I said, uh, I have something to show you. What do you think of this? And I, I showed him the pictures and he's going, Oh my God, this is really cool. How'd you do this? I said, I don't know. I put the camera and aimed it there. And he goes, well, you go over there and stand there. So I did. And he took a picture of me and we got something and then uh it's like it, that started this whole thing for about three months of us uh taking pictures of the bathroom door the living room um and trying to figure out when we could sense something and when something was showing up and film was really expensive it was a dollar a picture and right. uh so Initially, I thought it was uh, my dad was pranking me. He'd done something to the camera, to the film from back east. But then uh, a few weeks later, we got another roll of film and we started getting more of this ectoplasmic light things. And and uh, finally, after about three months of this, we thought, you know, we probably should tell somebody about it because it's just the two of us. We didn't tell anybody. Yeah. We invited over some friends and we said, I know this is weird, but we have something to show you. And, and uh, so we're showing it to them and everything. At that point, my whole belief in ghosts, which was not solid. My belief was that any ghosts that exist are imprints on the land. They're like, they're not necessarily conscious things. They're just imprints. And so they play over and over again. Right. Like in a graveyard when you, you see those videos of things sort of moving through. And yet it seems like every time they show them or somebody gets something recorded, it's the same movement, the same type of image. Um, so while we're, everyone's like marveling and curious and what's going on, uh, one friend of ours said, is he here now? Just he. We don't know if it's a he or she, but just says he or not. Yeah. So I said, well, let's see. And they grabbed the camera and took a picture. And I was standing there. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you have the picture there. Uh, Bill, you might have it. Uh, it's a. Uh, oh, yeah. Bird first one. Yeah. You know where I'm, which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. I'm standing there. In fact, you can see Mikowski's head in the bottom of the frame. And our next door neighbor, Heidi, is sort of off to the right. And. So as the thing developed, we saw there was more of the ectoplasmic stuff. But then as we, uh, no, not that one. Uh-oh. No, it's the, one, <laughs> the first word. The what was the first word? Yeah. That was from the first night, that one he just showed. Oh, okay. Showed the one of, Crazy. Took multiple ones. And then we're looking at it, and then all of a sudden, it started looking different than, than the 
prior photographs. And then we noticed it had a word. It said yes. It said Y-E-S. You don't, you have to really stare at it to, before you can actually see yes. Once you see it, you'll always see it. But if you don't know to look for it, it just looks like weird light ectoplasmic stuff or something. Okay. And then once we got that, it's, that opened up a whole new can of worms because that's something consciously responding to you. Right. So then it was like, there it is. That's the one that's, I think, is that the oh one? Oh my God. That's highlighted. It's crazy. It, it looks like the band Yes's uh, <laughs> um, logo. Kind of. Oh, that's interesting. I never <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in a. Yeah. I believe that one is uh, highlighted well, to show the way it. That is far out. Oh yeah. my God. That's so. Bill, is that the one that's sort of darkened so you can see the word? Yeah, but, I, you know, unfortunately, when you point you point anything at a web camera, it like creates a mirror image. I see. It. No, it's it's not. It's it's it spells out yes. But go to the one above it. That's incredible. The one above it. That's the photograph. That's the actual photograph. See how you can't quite tell? No, but you still can. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can once you see it. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm what page sorry. Is that, Bill? Look at this. Is their logo? <laughs> can you? Oh wait. Oh shit. Oh, it's such a... Look at that. Oh, how... <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very faint. Look at it, it. That's the actual photo. And yeah, it is there. Why? Look below it. Oh, my God. I have not... That this, is... <laughs> this is a new um, phenomenon. Is the entire band yes still alive? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I... This is... I have not... This is a new situation. I've not heard this before. I'm so uh, proud of you. Congratulations. What a wonderful find. Um, so, so continue, please continue. Well, this is amazing. Thank you so that, much, Bill, for, uh, <laughs> for connecting this uh, reality to my mind. Um, I, I thought you would appreciate John's experience. Yeah, um, thank you, John, for sharing your experience with uh, uh Oh, you're you're very welcome. My uh human type <laughs> entity. Um please continue because I've not I've not this is new to me. This is well, this is news to me as well. Um once please we, go on. Once we had that communication. Yeah. Um Oh, I'm sorry. I guess uh nobody else can uh they can't see our words and they can't see. So, uh, Bill just held up a book, um, and, er, and the photograph, uh, the first photograph was of like a ghost, like you would think like in a, almost like an animation kind of just regular cartoon. And then in the next one, he, how would you even describe that? It literally was like a, um, as if, fog was spelling out the word yes i guess uh, is the best way to put it or said a fog um yeah fog yeah. it looked like fog was spelling yes uh yeah. that's wild i've never seen or heard of anything like this please continue john well, maybe i should mention first the for those that might have interest this is from a new book that joe augustine wrote uh okay, he's a sorry. friend of john and mine said uh, back in the 90s, he actually stayed at the house with us for a while, like about six or eight months. I don't actually remember how long. 
Um, and I wasn't aware until years later that he had been taking copious notes of everything. Oh. Peter Dickens would come over and visit the house, or we'd have like the Orange County Psychic Association, or we'd have cool. parapsychologists in trying to research what's going on. So and do he you, wrote it all down. <laughs> so cool. What's the name? Or can you tell us the name of the book the and where to find it? Is Ghostwriter. The polar, what is it? The polar, you have it there, Bill. <laughs> yeah, Bill sent it to me. Hold a sec, let me see. It, it's, um, again, it's backwards, but it's not po- backwards for some reason. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's just on my screen. Okay, yeah. I have it too. The Polaroid okay. goes. I have mine too. Look, oh. everybody. Yeah, oh, okay. So, oh, wow, this is incredible. I mean, it's really, it's really something else, everybody. Uh, it's really something else, but so, okay, so. Um, I, I haven't had time to, uh, read it. I am super impressed by the preface being by one of my favorite ufologists, Dan Aykroyd. And I'm, uh, so impressed that you did the forward, um, Bill. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. Wow. This is far out. Yeah. I didn't get to really, I was just going to do it like everyone else and find out all the, all the details here, but now I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to read this all night. Although I'm a little bit anti-ghost these days, I'll be honest, but. <laughs> anti-ghost, you mean you don't like them or what does that mean? Anti-ghosts? Well, I'm trying. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping you can rekindle my love for ghosts. Um, no offense, ghosts. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just want to hear, please tell me more. Um, so afterwards well, you got yes. Yeah, after we got yes, it sort of opened up like a Pandora's box and everybody started asking questions, you know, like and, the, uh, and they would visually be answered? Yeah. You basically it's like I mean, you have to realize this went on for well, actually quite a few years, but the initial thing was yeah. trying to learn how to communicate and we found that um, we even tried it with two Polaroids aimed at each other. In fact, there's examples of that in the book, and you see the My Polaroid God. from each camera. And so uh, it wasn't visible to your eye? No. no. And the other thing is, is that, like, we learned, too, that depending on who's communicating, they can come over and they can just ask their question in their head and then take a picture, and then they get an answer. Wow. What if this close friends will, will like let them take two or three pictures. We put them in an envelope and then they open them later and then they go, Oh my God, he answered that one and answered this one and whatever. So, So. oh my God. So, okay. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so do you get the, you, you get the feeling it's a male presence? I don't know why. We've always thought it was a male presence and we always thought his name was John. Because John, yeah, we think it's the reason he called himself Wright is because we think his name is John Wright, but we don't know that. But we just have always thought that because I'm John Huckard and John Mikowski lives here. Um, Yeah, well, you're probably, I mean, uh, all information is in your mind. It's up to you to find it. You know, I'm sure you're right. Wow. Cool. So um, may I make a comment about that? Yes. Okay. So. So, um, John, at the Ghost Rider experience that we had at your place, there was that mother-daughter couple, and they they did a um, 
they were na- analyzing these photos really well. And so they thought that this actually said Jake Wright. J-A-K-E, right. Yeah. It's really hard to see. Dude, Um, just so everyone knows, it looks like um, he's showing pictures from the book, and it looks like as if somebody um, just, like, wrote with a smoke pen in in the room. (laughs) It's just, it's incredible. It's bizarre, and I've never seen anything like that. It's just somebody, it's visible only to Polaroid, which is, amazing because what if this happened now and you only had your digital phone camera maybe you wouldn't have found this out but this is uh spelling it's word spelling can i is it it, are the letters connected is it cursive it's not right it's just straight up different letters spelled out that is so crazy but in different languages yeah for real yeah for real so Oh, God. Is that Latin? Yes. There's a lot of Latin, yeah. That's terrifying. Do you think <laughs> that the this entity is in touch with other... I mean, it must be in touch with other spirits uh, yeah, to be I able think, to speak Latin. Well, I think there's been a lot of theories as to whether this person was alive or not before. Some people right. say it's a guardian angel. Yeah. Um, he says in he or she, but said that they were a victim of a murder. Oh no. So, um, we, and we don't know if that's true because, uh, like Peter James used to swear on his reputation as a psychic, that there's a dead body under the house and we know exactly where it is. And every show that has come in here, including Bill's show, Fact or Faked, was trying to find out if there is indeed a body under the house. We've never been able to get to the exact spot where the body is, if it's there, if it is there. But um, the spirit doesn't seem like a victim. It seems like a, a muse or uh, it's very inspiring. Awesome. Have yeah. you asked him if he is happy? Um. That's interesting. Over the years, we have asked every question you can probably think of um, multiple times. And uh, uh, he implies that he's there for for either us or the house itself. Like he's there to help us and to inspire us. Um, But uh, it's been um, like, I I don't get the sense he's unhappy at all. I get the sense that... um, Whatever he's doing, he's doing it for us. Will you, you know tell I mean? him I love him? I <laughs> will. The thing is interesting is that we don't get Polaroids anymore. So the communication well, since is different when? Since when did it Since stop? they stopped making Polaroids. Um, actually, they stopped in 2004. They thought they made enough for like 10 years or something. And by 2008, they were already running out of them. And then the battery, because the battery is in the pack of film itself. It's not in the camera. The battery started dying out. Now the chemicals start drying out. And we've had, even as recently as just uh, a few weeks ago, another show came in, which I'm not allowed to talk about. But That's they okay. came in with old, 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 old film from like 2002. Yeah. And you got partial images, but for the most part, they're just blank because if there's not enough, the chemicals have dried out. Maybe he's tired. Well, I don't think so. I think uh, he. So he seems like sorry. 
he seems more like a spirit guide, probably. Um, if he, I mean, you choose, I, I, my belief is that, uh, you get to choose. I think some people get, or some, uh, entities get trapped, but I think for the most part, if you're talking to people and doing stuff like that, you're a guide. Um, and you're not between places. You're right where you want to be. Um, but I'd be curious to just, uh, just have someone just talk to him just, just to check in and make sure he's okay. I don't want him to be sad. And I don't want him to feel stuck. What if he, you know, that's so, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, well, none no. of my business. Also, it's your friend. Sorry well, to like impose in all my the years that we've communicated, which has been 29 years now. Um, We've never got the sense he wasn't where he wanted to be. I've never okay. got the feeling like he's desperately trying to move to another plane or something, whatever right. happens. So he loves um, you. Yeah, very much. And you I love mean, that's him. That's very clear. Yeah, and he's used the word love many times. Oh, my goodness. There are thousands of photographs. We've only, in this book that Joe just did, we were so impressed with the book. In fact, that's why Bill wrote a, a forward to it and Dan Eckward wrote a preface to it because they thought it was significant. And John and I contributed uh, a little over 150 photographs for it before wow. only 50 photographs had ever been released. So um, mostly no one will ever see any of these photographs. We're not, they're private and they're not meant to be made public, but some of them are. And right. the original book, which was a tribute to Peter James, was called Seeing Things. And that came out in 2008, right after the whole purpose was just to honor Peter and all the things he did. Because he used to come over. He was a good friend of ours. After the sighting show in 92, we ended up becoming close to him. And he would come over periodically and just communicate with Wright. And it was an amazing thing to watch. But then when Joe's book, Joe's been working on, on an offer like 10 years and uh, finally, this last version just came out a few weeks ago, but um, we decided to reveal and show a lot more pictures. We also show the backs of them. We show them at different angles because there'll be one photograph and you look at it and it says one thing and then you hold it up to a mirror and it says something else. And then you turn it upside down and hold it up to a mirror and it says wow. something else. What so, an artist, like the yeah. artistry and the I want like I really want to. You know, be friends with this guy. He, so his name is right. That's what he. Mm -hmm. So he sounds so cool. What a creative and interesting individual. This is like really, really, really amazing. I um, I'm just so, so thankful to both of you for uh, this, just, you know, introducing this. And, uh, and I'm so glad that you sent me the book beforehand because I was like, I'm not going to have time to read this. Um, yeah. But if I didn't have it after we finished this interview, I would be like <laughs> really upset. Um, so thank you, Bill. But um, so, wow. So, so you have a personal relationship. This is, this is really, this is really incredible. Um, and it, is that the house where you are now? Yeah. I'm in the okay. Zen room. Oh, cool. Which is actually separate from the house. It's a, it's a, but it's, the house is like right there. So. Right. Does he have, does, do you call him Mr. Right? <laughs> it's funny. I uh, did it. He's been called see. everything. It okay. depends on, and a lot of like psychics um, tend to 
pick them up very quickly. And like, if you have any psychic ability, or even if you're open to it, we've had, um, like, Bill did this thing called the Ghostwriter Exper Experience, which I'll let him explain to you. But during that time, there was a number of people I'd never met, the majority of them before. Subsequently, I've become friends with several of them. But they each had different experiences, but there was a sense of well-being, of communication, of sensitivity, uh, a number of things happen. And if you're psychic, then you would have a blast here. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm like, I would, I would love more than anything to go there. Um, I've not had, um, since, since I became aware of what a haunt, a haunted place or a place with ghosts feels like, um, I've not been anywhere that isn't um, overwhelmingly negative. Mm. Um, so it'd be, I, I've never been somewhere where it's positive. Um, oh, wow. that would, that would be, that'd be my dream. Cause that's why I kind of stopped or not stopped, but I, um, I get like a, I get, I just came from somewhere that is haunted and I get a lot in here and like a, a lot in here and just a general above here, like cloudiness, mm -hmm. um, and just feels like it's in fog and I, it's not like pleasant. And, um, mm -hmm. I was just like, why are you so into this? You don't like the way it physically feels like you don't have to pursue this. Um, but the idea that you have such a positive, um, and, and not heavy dynamic, I think is amazing. I, I would be honored to go there but well, there's like uh, a battery it has positive and negative and you hear mostly about the negative because you yeah. know selling tv shows and crazy books and everything you know yeah but the yeah. positive i think there's probably as many positive ones we just don't hear about them or most people don't share them yeah you know? well totally i think it's just hard to identify um there's so much different stuff going on i mean we have we are, we're so limited in what we can see and hear and everything else. And I think it's scary. It's just, you know, our brain, the way it works is just identifying what's here so that we can survive. But then when you start to get other layers, it's kind of like, that's not helping me survive. Like that's yeah. intellectual and it's, it's far out, but, um, that's, I'm, this is, amazing i'm so happy to be learning this information well, i do have so to much. say oh you're welcome yeah i do have to say that there have been quite a few scary moments here but it was <laughs> mostly fair. early on trying to come to terms with it and yeah. um, the thing is is that it's not the polaroids are the most demonstrative but when you're here there's a lot of other things that happen right and one thing that um is quite interesting is being embraced or touched in some way oh my and, goodness. and it's it's a real um unique experience when you're staying there and you feel arms around you and you feel pressure or you feel something like pushing you because he wants and to give you a hug sometimes sometimes i mean we, we've there the amount of touching goes on <laughs> is, is unusual. I, there's been people who, when they walk up the path, have been goosed. I don't and know how, yeah, that's, that's it's like you get goosed and you're like, and, and there's nothing within 50 feet of you. And it's really, it just freaks you out at first, but then you realize there's humor going on here as well. Right. Totally. So you, you feel comfortable. It's okay. But initially, uh, and you still like, 
on a weekly basis, someone's embraced or touched or uh, communicated with in some way, but we don't have the, the demonstrativeness of the Polaroid camera. Right. And the new Polaroid cameras don't work at all. So. so do you feel, sorry, Bill, do you feel, I mean, it sounds, it's, I mean, you're extraordinarily lucky, uh, to me. It sounds like you were, uh, chosen. I mean, this is your life, you know, and you were, this is a gift. And, uh, sorry, my dog is trying to get down. Um, this is hi, doggy. Dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you want? I think he's in your 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 new Teletubby isk video. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Tommy, go back there. See, this is a girl, but it's I think ghosts and dogs people just assume are boys. And let me put her down. What do you want? <laughs> there you go. Um. Oh, but uh, I do you? I mean, I guess I I experience like in my life. I'm gonna sorry, Tommy, but I'm gonna be alive longer. That like. My, the dog's whole life is going to be with me, but my whole life isn't with the dog. And it's like, you got right, like for so much of your life, like, a, not like a pet, but you know what I mean? Like he's, I mean, it's completely changed your life. It's, it's, you know, it's a huge part of your life. Uh, do you feel so lucky? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know if lucky is quite the right word. I do. I mean, I feel really good about it, but that's, um, that's fair. That's a yeah. completely fair amount to feel. It's none. Also what yeah. is lucky. That's doesn't make sense. Well, that implies I just like, like, I feel like it was supposed to happen or something. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. lucky implies it. Uh, I don't know. What I understand. Think? There I'm are implications. <laughs> no, I, I understand. I just yeah. guess I, I feel like if I feel like it's obviously an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. Um, and most people, um, don't experience anything that like magical. Um, and I just, yeah, I guess it's just, it's so, it's so special. And I just, it's like, this is a, this is my only opportunity to talk to you. So I'm just like, want to know everything. Um, but what, Bill, you were going to say something. My dog is totally um, freaking out. Well, um, <laughs> first off, you you mentioned I was lucky to have the uh, the friendship with with John. It, that took that took years to to build that trust and then to expand upon it. So it wasn't like instantaneous. Whereas with with DVG, uh, I was able to relate to you guys right away, and then you reached you reached out. At a time when I was um, really vulnerable and, and uh, grief stricken, and Sorry. so your 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 timing um, allow allowed us to to sort of bond and create uh, an inseparable friendship, and I really am grateful for that very much. So, and you were the right person. Uh, Thanks, John, and the other resident of the house. It's a long term friendship. Uh, we're all very close. The, the trust flows, um, you know, between everybody in the house. I, I will do, I would do anything, anything for you, for each of you. If you ever asked for any kind of favor, like consider me an airport friend. If you know that, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> thank you. Okay. 
Now, there's something I, I you said, and I would like to be able to link two statements that you said, Bonnie. Uh-oh. Um, at the beginning of the call, um, <laughs> you didn't embrace the notion of, of ghost. So I'm paraphrasing. You said anti-ghost. So I'm saying you didn't <laughs> embrace the notion. Uh, but then, then later on, just a few minutes ago, you said haunting. So what is your stance on what is happening at, at the Ghostwriter House? What is your opinion? Even though you're the host, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, you- no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for this stuff. No, I just, um, have spent, uh, the majority of my life interested in darker things, um, and the darker side of, mm-hmm. um, the occult and, you know, and just, just darker things and, um, the vibrational, density and low vibrationalness of ghosts mm-hmm. and uh entities that used to be earth dwelling um the physical feeling that they give me when i'm around them i just was like i don't like it you know and i was like oh i can probably try and seek out higher vibrational entities uh like spirit guides um yes, yeah so that's what I, that's why I was like, I'm anti ghost. Like I'm, a, and I'm not, that was a joke, but it's like, I just, um, didn't ever know before that there was, um, a sh- uh, let me put the dog out real quick. Sorry. She's just like a real maniac. Hold on one sec. Hey, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Hey. How's it going? Hi, I, it feels like it's going great. Um, she's a fantastic host. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Um, so. Yeah, um, I just, yeah, my, my interest is now in a different thing, but I feel like this comes, uh, from both angles is that I, I'm, I tend to be very black and white with my thinking is like, all ghosts are bad. (laughs) All, you know, so it's like now I know that that's, um, not necessarily true. And I also, I'm not, um, like I, I have different feelings than I've ever had before about poltergeist, about all these different things. So I'm just, I'm in a, a learning phase of, uh, my paranormal life. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm just bringing different people on to discuss their areas of expertise. But where I'm at now is that, um, I know for certain that these things are real. Uh, I know for certain that everything is real to some extent because, if enough people believe it, then it is. Um, and yeah, so I'm not, I'm just here to learn. I'm not, no agenda other than that. I just would prefer to spend more of my time interacting with uh, higher dimensional, lighter beings than just going around trying to prove that there are ghosts to myself when I already believe there are, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and, and those more enlightened beings, as I mentioned previously, that depend on, uh, their ego and how they lived their life as they were living. And also, you know, entities don't have to have ever been earthbound. Um, you know, you, they can be conjured and they, they can, um, you know, we won't go into that, but that was a theory that I proposed to John Huckard and the other residents of the house that perhaps it's the chemistry of the people in the house or somehow creating a conduit, uh, almost like a, a thought form, uh, right. that, that is able to 
with their with their energy able to to become visualized through this odd chemical emulsion in a, a specific era of Polaroid's genesis. Um, and right. that's why you can't take them anymore. And so John wasn't on board with that originally. They, they associated it with the house. I'm pretty torn because when we did Factor Fate, um, and, and John was saying, no, I, this, this lot appears that it could have been like a, like a, uh, a neighborhood graveyard. And so one of John's and the other residents' requirements is that we bring ground penetrating radar. And when that was you whistling? Yeah, that's uh ground penetrating radar. Wow, that's so cool. (laughs) Wait, Tommy. Hey. Sorry, go ahead. This is ridiculous. Okay, go ahead. No, that's okay. Ground penetrating radar. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, um, but the, um, uh, during, during the uh, analysis of the ground under the house, so the, so the house is like, you know, here's a hill and then, then the, here's the, the house, the floorboard. Right. So it's around this area where the back wall meets the hill is where it appears to be almost, um, I, I, I know it's a term overused, but like a portal. Right. Okay. Where, where you shoot the photos and uh, images will appear. Right. Um, no, so why we, not? That we, seems to be a simple answer is that it's a portal. So we tried to excavate, but we were yeah. using garden tools and, okay. you know, uh oh, Bonnie goes away. No, I'm still listening. Sorry. I just. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry. I, I just yeah. Uh, this dog is is uh is a, excited. It's yeah. It just really wants attention and uh, so much stuff that I don't feel. Uh, I prefer to give you my attention. Oh, continue, please. Attention can be shared. If, if, oh, if, so you feel oh, sorry. You feel there's a portal. Well, it it. Because the images generally concentrate in that one area that you, you, you take, uh, Polaroid photos for a particular generation of Polaroid film. Um, it, that's how they identified it. And there's another way they identified it as well, which I'll jump into since, you, and you have a love of dogs, you may appreciate this. <laughs> so I do. They, um, um, during the ground penetrating radar, we, we, we didn't have the proper tools. You know, they always say the right tool for the right job. We had garden tools. Right. And so we were trying to excavate sideways. And then you have the floorboard and it's got nails poking down. And I had like a little, it looked like a, um, a, a cap that somebody who works on a railroad would have. It wasn't like a helmet, just a little fat striped fabric thing. And it, <laughs> That's and, awesome. And goggles and a mask for dust. But the nails, like I felt it rip through the fabric and rip the top of my scalp. So I knew I was going far too deep, but we kept trying. But with the ground plan radar, we, we actually, we flattened it enough. So when we moved, the detection device, which is like the size of a shoebox, really, and then it's cabled to a computer and monitors that were set up on the porch. As we moved it along, 
there was um, one of the tacks is a, a difference in, in density of the ground, and it detected um, maybe quite a less than six foot or maybe a little bit more, you know, because I was underground uh, and they were on top. And it detected this density that was about the width of a human and about the length of a human that was under there. Now, later, when that back wall of the house, and now we're fast forwarding, when they wanted to deepen the house, they knocked out that back wall. So now you had access to the area that we didn't have access to. And during the excavation, we found a stone that had markings and carvings on it, almost like almost like uh, a, a primitive tombstone or, or primitive cemetery markings. So we, you know, I took tons of photographs of it. I photographed the whole thing. We we called in a contractor so it could be done right with a backhoe and, and not destroy anything. Cool. And so we saw this. So they kind of it kind of um, confirmed what John was suspecting all along that perhaps there are bodies better under the house. Now, now I'm I'm not suggesting that uh, a, a spirit would linger around its corpse. That, that's not my saying. Um, but what I am saying is that there was a, a an approximate corpse size anomaly that was buried and it was probably buried uh, I guess four and a half feet under the surface you know not like a six foot grave like you have uh, in many places because this was like an early settlement region of Los Angeles in uh, Los Angeles yeah big secret I know your hometown or your oh, now hometown. yeah I didn't know that no, I didn't say it interesting very interesting we can take that part out if you want um, um, no, because we're not revealing the address or the neighborhood in Los Angeles. So that means I can go if, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but okay, <laughs> we don't have to talk about that now. But so wait, so I'm sorry. I just want to back up a little bit. Is your belief is that, um, I can't remember your language, but, um, that spirits don't linger around their bodies? Well, no, I, I, I said I wasn't suggesting that a spirit would linger around its corpse unless there was a maybe a, a specific reason why it wanted okay. it to be discovered. Properly. I don't, I, yeah, sorry. I'm of the belief that it, I don't understand why a spirit would hang out around its body unless there was, like, I don't think, personally, I don't think, like, ghosts hang out at graveyards like they why they don't they weren't there that much why would they hang out there they don't want you know what i mean it seems like a weird place to hang out uh, or like it's fun but i don't fun. i don't think people hang out or i don't think ghosts hang out with their bodies i think that that's probably they're like psyched to not be in a body probably being in a body is like the worst place you could be maybe i don't know unless there's something there that that needs to be discovered as right. well and so it's trying to lead them there. Right. So, but that would be the uh, um, exception, not the, not, it wouldn't be normal or it's not typical for spirits to linger around the body. Uh, according to yours and mine, mutual beliefs. Yeah. That's uh, all that I care about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then the, the other part I wanted to quickly address was um, since we have little Tommy there, who's yeah. attracting a lot of attention. Uh, John, what was the name of your brown and white dog? 
Freddie. 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 I am so sorry. I forgot. That's you know, I, I, I've heard of yours. But um, Freddie, Freddie refused to walk in that spot where the images would appear. Yeah. So he would he would put a treat there and Freddie would approach it and stop. Yeah. And then just jump over it and never, never accept the treat. Yeah. So, so when they did the expansion of the house before the wall was put up, um, or, or actually before, before the expansion started, when we were just doing the excavation. Yeah. Um, Freddie liked to fetch frisbees. So they would throw a frisbee in that spot on the other side of the wall where the portal was. Yeah. Freddie would go back there to try to retrieve it, but he would come back unable to adequately walk. He'd lost, he lost some locomotion and he would crawl out and then he, he could stand up once he was out of that space. So I witnessed that. I was there early enough back going back years to see, see this for myself. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. so sad. And he didn't. So if animals have, have another choice. sense, well, yes. all, all, all organisms have different senses, d- different sensory organs and different functions than humans do, you know. Yes, I think I've told you before about um, um, my experience uh, with astral projection, or I, I don't even think it's that necessarily, but my my experience with maybe like the Akashic Record, I don't know. Some, some experience that is beyond my understanding always takes place next to this one portal at our, uh, where we record our, all our music. And, um, the dogs that lived there, uh, they had to close the portal because the dogs freaked out too much, uh, one of the dogs. And so they had someone come and like close the portal and then, uh, and then the dogs stopped freaking out. So I think dogs are super sensitive to it. That's why I, have a dog is uh i i'd be too scared to be alone uh without one uh without a portal sensor you know (laughs) and uh and you know akashic record gaia you know is sort of interchangeable terms that that's what i suspect that mercury liquid mercury yeah that's what it sounds like it's it's everything it's the knowledge of, of all time, no matter yeah. what frame you're talking about, because, um, you know, when you, when you look at even basic figures, I mean, um, physics, you realize time is truly an illusion. Like the, the further away you move from an object, the slower that object seems to move because it's relative. So even if, even if people are waving at the same rate, yeah. If you're traveling away from them, it takes it takes the light reflecting off their hands longer to reach you. So it appears that they're slowing down. So they're they're actually not. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. But time is slowing down for the traveler. So right. you know, if you approach a speed of light and then you come back to Earth, unfortunately, centuries would pass. So you would still age for those for those minutes or, or seconds, but then um, you'd come back to a planet that would either be um, self-destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> unless I know. Man, uh, we, yeah, we just wrote a song for uh, um, something about vampires uh, and just having to dig into that for the past two weeks. The idea of living eternally really messed me up. I 
do not want to get bit by a vampire. Oh, like uh, there's n- I w- there that would be the worst fate ever to live eternally on a dying planet while everyone else ages. <laughs> you know, Ooh, a new song sounds like a foothold on maybe a new release is gonna. Maybe it was a job, which is exciting. We got hired to do it. So, uh, it will come out. I don't know when, but I'll, I'll keep you posted. It's like a secret project, but we're going in the studio on May 15th, um, to record. Oh, congratulations. Thank That's, you. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. I have, I forgot that there was something I, uh, that I was, I forgot why I was here to be on it, just to put it perfectly perfectly is that i was just like oh yeah i tried i was like oh maybe i'm supposed to jog maybe i'm supposed to do this maybe i'm supposed to do that but it's like once we went in the studio and wrote that song and recorded i was like oh yeah like physically i'm supposed to make music duh you know (laughs) um yeah i think i think i'm excited for you to hear it and see what you think It, it definitely I didn't get everything out with the last record. There's a lot more. Um, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Under the, Under the Spell of Joy is, uh, uh, it, it, it's, uh, not only is it on my computer, but it's on a thumb drive just in case something happens to the computer. So <laughs> I don't want to ever lose that. <laughs> no. Well, I will always be here to provide you with a new one. Yeah. It's weird. It's like the more I learn, the more I, uh, realize why it makes sense (laughs) before. I mean, I, yeah, that was just channeling, but, um, I wasn't in touch with it, but now I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I hope I get to do that again. And then it happened on Saturday. Just channeling had, didn't have the song before just came out. Uh, I can't wait to do that again. It's, it's so exhausting, but it feels so good and horrible. It's like the, I hate it so much, but, I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> you'll, you'll be in your groove, I'm sure. You know, one thing I haven't shared with you. Yeah. Um, I am also a, a songwriter. Oh, cool. No written, way. Well, I've written uh, theme songs to some movies. and. Um, no way. But, That's the coolest thing ever. That's well, this is pretty cool, but something interesting that I haven't shared yet with anybody uh, is that my songwriting partner died. We wrote songs together for 30 years, and he got sick and died within a month. Oh, no, and I'm I haven't so been able to bring myself until recently to start writing again. And we had a song about this whole ghost experience, and uh, it's called Seeing Things. And so cool. Um, I'm finishing the song now, but it's like we wrote it together, even though he's been gone. So it's yeah. kind of interesting and I'm hoping to get it recorded fairly soon, but I just, it's going to be the first song back after that very difficult experience. I'm so um, sorry, but I'm so glad you're uh, at the place where you're ready to do that. Cause that's, this is your life. <laughs> yeah, it's, And it's, if you're a songwriter, you got to, the world needs to hear your songs. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I know about that. I love I, I love what I do, but you know That's it's, so cool. That's what I'm that's what we just did. I'm super I that was my dream for um that I that I was like wanted to manifest was writing um this very specific song for a project uh and it's so funny that it um entirely manifested exactly the way it did uh 
you know, it's. I'd like, love to hear some of your music. I've never heard any of your. Oh music. yeah, I can send it to you afterwards. It's also okay. on the internet for free, okay. um, and and on the internet where you can pay for it. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, or I could send you uh, your um, desired type of listening, dev- like if you like CD, uh, vinyl, cassette. Vinyl, that's awesome. You have vinyl. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, whatever way you like to listen, I can provide for you. Okay. Um, That's as, very nice. uh, as an energy exchange for this amazing experience. I'm so thankful to both of you for this. I really thank you, Bill. I was a little bit reluctant because I was like, it's not how it works. Like, this is not, it's not how it works. Like I talked to one person about them. Um, and, but I was like, well, Bill must know what he's doing. I'm just going to trust him. And you did. And I, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you knew what I didn't know and brought us all here. This is uh, really, really, I'm so excited for people to hear this um, and buy the book or at least uh, just look into this situation and also maybe look at um, spirits differently and look at themselves differently. And, and I think it opens up uh, more questions, which I think is really, really the most important thing. Um of all. Uh, can I mention one more thing? Please. Uh, just thinking about it, uh, before I even met Phil, his name is Phil Settle. Before I met him, um, I had, I would have been a songwriter for many years and he had done a demo with a um, songwriting partner of mine from back east and he was moving out to LA and right then there was this a movie called Dead Heat with Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams. Cool. And a friend of mine was working on it. We got this idea to write a theme song. I had just started talking to Phil and I'm I'm like I said, Well here's my idea for the song and I started like doing some of the stuff over the phone. Yeah. But we were working on a song before I even met him. And uh and uh three of us wrote the song and it uh is now the theme song to the movie. So if you go on the internet and look up cool. Dead Heat, I'm gonna write get that to down. Hear the song. That's um, amazing. I'm so excited. Oh. Yeah, it's just funny. It was called Dead Heat. Yeah, that <laughs> is all the stuff that happened subsequently. That was back in eighty eight, I believe, eighty seven, eighty eight, something like that. That's but, so cool. So yeah. that's that's your job. You're a songwriter. Oh, I do a lot of things. I'm also a filmmaker. I've made a lot of a lot of movies that most people have never seen. Oh, that's what you're right. I'm. Yeah. That's so exciting. Well, congratulations oh, for making so anything. People need yeah. stuff. You yeah. know. Hey, John. Can you mention um, uh, your website where people can get your book again? Uh, yes. Well, it's uh, it's. Um, Polaroid Ghost. No, Ghost Polaroids. Ghostpolaroids dot com. I believe that's it. I, yeah, I thought it was the opposite. Maybe. Oh God, I don't know. It's actually not my website, but it's it's where... Or they can go... Uh, let's see. What? Let me check on this. There's well, probably a really good <laughs> way to get to it. No, I think that this is a good, uh, this is a good this. use of time, is to actually is just find out. Let's get answers. Um, okay, let's see. Here it is right the here. People need answers. And um, in the meantime, Bill, where can people... What, what, where would you like to send people? Maybe, maybe that's better for you. Is there like a, is there, um, is there a specific episode, movie, anything that you've been involved in that you would just be like, this is what I really want people to look at? Oh, well, my shows are in constant syndication and reruns. 
Is there one you feel most, or no? Well, well, the, well, the one that, um, the one that has the most, uh, compelling action on screen, okay. uh, is fact or fake paranormal files. Cool. Um, even though I covered John's case and in, on more than one network, one was their personal take on it, but on fact or fake, we, we wanted to test the theories that the naysayers were saying, oh, they're doing, they're doing this. They're, right. they're gluing cotton to plexiglass or something silly. And we tried all those laborious methods, uh, and they, they failed horribly. Um, finally, I did what they do. I, I asked a question and pointed a, pointed the camera, uh, at that, at that wall or, you know, quote, portal. And we got an image of more than one humanoid shape, uh, that were facing each other. Uh, and it had that same, you'll see in the book that sometimes there's like a, uh, they look like birds or vine-like structures that encircle whatever else is in the, in the room. And the ones, like if it's close to the lens, it'll be blurry, like it's out of focus. And it, as it moves away, they become clear. So it, it appears to be all encompassing in the room itself, this energy that is created. And then, and then there's letters that sometimes forms and then there's figures that sometimes form. Um, uh, there's a, a female figure coming out of, um, uh, I don't think it's Freddie's food bowl, uh, John, that the dancing woman. Oh, that was Grace. That was Grace, the Grace. Uh, Super Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, 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 dan- a dancing woman and yeah. or it appears to be. Uh, so there, there, there could be. Um, right may have um, some company there. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, that makes um, me feel good. By the way, the, uh, the it is ghost polaroids all one word. Okay, ghost polaroids dot com. Yeah, so for it's, for stuff to make your mind dance with joy. <laughs> you can cool. see at least what's what's there. Well, that's amazing. Um, anything else you would like to share uh, with the world? I, I'm so thankful. But is there anything else you would like to share? Hmm. <laughs> um, I have a film out on Blu-ray. Oh, cool! What is it? <laughs> it's called, ironically speaking, "The Passing." Whoa! And it's about uh, can love survive death? And it's a film I made many years ago and i thought it was dead to the world but this company called vinegar syndrome uh it sort of became a cult film and they decided to take all the existing elements because most of it was destroyed and they sort of recreated the film and it came out uh last year on blu-ray congratulations uh, yeah it was it was kind of exciting because it's been getting a lot of amazing reviews yeah surprising to me in a film i thought was lost to the world and now it's like it's discovering a whole new audience of people that people that weren't even born when it was made uh are now like discovering it so that's kind of fun that's so cool well maybe one day uh uh you might decide you want to make music videos uh and oh i've made quite a few in really there's the one the, the last one phil and i did together uh can be seen on youtube it's called fire in the hole <laughs> cool. So, called Fire in the Hole, and then Phil Settle, 
And uh, I, I directed the video and edited it. Uh, he wrote oh. the song. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see that. Thank you, fellas, so much for coming here um, and being Great. open and honest and sharing uh, important news. Uh, Thank you for having us. And Bonnie, I, I did post your Patreon link before the show. So those who wanted to see, you know, visually have the right. experience of the interview that hopefully they would, you know, quickly sign up and make it. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, I will. I'm not certain. Um, well, we can say goodbye and then we could discuss uh, behind the scenes details. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I just not, you know, live a little. Um, but thank you, fellas, so very much um, for being here. Um, and we will see you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for having us. Bye. 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 Bye.